Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Irving may have opted in yesterday, but he cannot stop giving us content today. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on ESPN Plus. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. I'm Amber Wilson. He's Myron Metcalf. We are taking you up until 7 o'clock Eastern, filling in for the guys. You can tweet to us at Amber W Sports, at Metcalf by ESPN. You can also join the conversation on the CC call in line at one triple eight. say ESPN, 888-729-729. 3776. We have been asking you who has the most pressure on them in the NBA this upcoming season. And of course, the stems come from a conversation around the Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie Irving now that he has opted into his deal. But we have Kyrie Irving in the news today for a very different reason. And for a discussion on this, we bring in Chris Carlin, host, of course, of this show, Canty and Carlin, here on ESPN Radio. If you miss Carlin and if you miss Canty, you can hear them hosting Greeny All week 10 to 12 eastern on espn radio as well what's up garland thanks for joining us i think i just undersold it in that open where i said he's a different dude i maybe just (laughs) a little bit yeah uh that's scratching the surface here with Kyrie irving so he opts in uh to the final year of his contract it seems like at least for the time being he is going to be a brooklyn nut then he has decided today, just hours, by the way, after tweeting like he's at peace or something. Now, today, a few hours later, maybe not at peace because he's beefing with ESPN's very own Stephen A. Smith. And Carlin, I don't know how much of this you have seen, but this all stems from Stephen A. Smith telling Kyrie to show up for work on Twitter. Here was Stephen A. Smith on Twitter. Guess what, Kyrie? No matter what options you may think you have down the road, it all starts with you having to show up to work first. You show up to work, then you got a future where you're going to make your money. You don't show up to work, you're stuck. So Kyrie takes to Twitter, Carlin, and he says, I'm not around many 50 plus year olds that speak and act like you do. He tweets this to Stephen A. Smith. He says, I'm sure my father and my uncles can meet you on your level better than I can. Is he suggesting that his father and his uncles are going to fight Stephen A. Smith? What do you make of this? Uh, (laughs) I don't even know. I mean, honestly, why? The thing is, is that. Nothing Stephen A. says is wrong in any of it. But what's frustrating uh, about it is that um, it it feels like Kyrie just has absolutely no read on the situation or no way to really relate to anybody. Like, who is out here right now defending Kyrie Irving? Who's in his corner? 
Like, you talk about reading the room. Like, he cannot read the room right now on this situation. You think about... Like everything that he supposedly did, you know, the vaccine thing was for the people that were uh, affected by it and everybody who lost their job because of it and 1,400 people in New York who lost their jobs. But there wasn't nothing that he did changed anything for those people. Um, So if he is going to sit here and say he's doing it for the greater good, he's really not. He just didn't work. And then the year before... He disappeared for a couple of weeks because he was upset uh, about what happened with George Floyd. And and I understand being upset about that. But people have responsibilities and have to go to work. And I just look at Kyrie and uh, it doesn't I think he's in this mindset of like somehow it's unjust for someone of his incredible talent and mentality to have to actually play in order to get paid an absurd amount of money on just a completely on on the NBA maxed out level like uh, somehow he feels like he's above that 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 frustrates me Carlin you you talked about you know who's on his side it's interesting to me Kevin Durant has been as vocal as any athlete all offseason, um, even during the finals like he makes sure that we know what he thinks about everything We have not heard him directly on the events of the last 48 to 72 hours involving who I think is his best friend in the NBA. What do you make of Kevin Durant's silence in all of this? I don't think it's really anything new. He does defend Kyrie at every turn, but let's go back a few months to when James Harden got traded away. What is the role of the player like Kevin Durant when he leaves the Warriors and wants to do it on his own and bring people with him to do it? It's not just to go out there and play great basketball. It's to be a leader. That whole situation with James Harden and Kyrie was going on for a month or two. And I know for sure that the Nets were kind of like, can you help us out here? And KD's like, this is not my deal. It's not my deal to step in here and fix this. Well, it it really is. It it actually is your deal to step in and try to fix this because you're the guy that has to bring together a team to win a championship. This was the whole reason that you came here. And if the three of them together uh, are actually working in a cohesive fashion, I don't think any of us would have denied that they had the most talent in the NBA. And yet, KD was just like, no, I'm good. He can go. Like, it wasn't because he didn't like James Harden. It was because he was backing Kyrie Irving. And and here he is now at this juncture. You could step in here and try to help Myron. But KD's not because, like, he doesn't think that's his responsibility. And I think he's dead wrong about that. Chris Carlin, host of this show, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, stopping by Amber Wilson and Myron Metcalf, filling in for Canty and Carlin today. And Carlin, didn't you get into it recently with KD? Like, is it is it because KD's notorious for this kind of stuff? Now Kyrie Irving is in the midst of a beef, I guess, with Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith, by the way, has responded to this beef, tweeting out from <laughs> vacation, name the time and place, and they'll exchange words. Uh, he wants a battle of words, of course, probably on the first take set. I'm guessing is probably. 
probably what he's gunning for. But weren't you recently in your own battle of words with Kevin Durant? Is it possible that these guys came together not to win a championship, but to take on the world on <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, he's got to aim higher than if he's aiming at me. <laughs> I would, I would go, I would go to uh, people with much uh, larger stature, so to speak. But uh, yeah, a little bit because last week I tweeted that you know, as all of this is going on, just that, like, there doesn't seem to be any kind of a responsibility on his part, and. He's not an alpha. He, and when you decide to come here and, and do it on your own, you want to be an alpha. And he responded, well, what's your definition of alpha? And so the first thing I did was I was told it was a little aggressive. I tweeted a picture of Steph Curry with the trophy. But um, then I kind of followed it up with, you've been the best player on teams, but you've never been that leader that that's not what you are and honestly i just uh, and and he came back and said good teams feed off of one another but that that's not the point the the point is is that guys who are interested in winning championships and being out front um don't worry about their teams feeding off of one another they lead the way they set a tone there has been nothing about what kevin durant has done with the nets that has set a tone uh, for the future of that team and trying to win a championship. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, and I'm not going to, you know, go down the Jordan route. You don't have to. You go down every great player that this was the most important thing to winning titles. If if simply winning titles was the most important thing to KD, he would have stayed in Golden State. But no, he felt like for his legacy, he had to go out and do it on his own. But he's not interested in doing the ancillary things that are important to building that culture and winning mentality. Well, I think in fairness to KD, we weren't giving him full credit for joining that 72-win Warriors team, right? So he was no, now, I, I, I guess, trying to forge his own path. But and really, I don't have a Carlin, problem with that. It's just if you're going to do it, like do it the right way as you're supposed to do it if you want to be that guy. Well, he is, he is trying to be that guy. Him and Kyrie Irving both, they are forging their own path on Twitter. It's very 2022 of them, you know? Chris Carlin, host of the show, Canty and Carlin. Carlin, thanks for joining us. Listen, I'll take the heat off of the tweets. No problem. You want to get involved with me? Great. Let's go. Seriously. Hey, you know, at me too. It's fine. At me, Katie. At me, Kyrie. Let's go. Coming up next, Serena Williams. We have an update for you on Serena Williams. Myron Metcalf, I'm sure, will be very emotional while giving us this update as she's playing in the first round of Wimbledon. Right now, this is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
Amber Wilson and Myron Metcalf filling in for the guys on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. You can tweet to both of us at Amber W Sports at Metcalf by ESPN. Serena Williams has been taking on Harmony Tan in the first round of Wimbledon. This comes one year after Serena Williams had to retire uh, when she tore her hamstring. So she is back on the grass, Myron. We have found out during today's show you are very emotional about Serena Williams because... When she doesn't do so well, given coming back from major injury at 40, almost 41 years old, because she turns 41 in September. But when she doesn't do so well or she has a moment where she doesn't look quite like herself in this match, Myron Metcalf is very emotional about it because he is not ready for the Serena Williams demise. Right now, she is losing this third set six to five. She won set two. She dominated set two, lost set one. How are you feeling, Myron? Not great. Not great. Like, I'm trying to coach her through the TV. Um, oh, yeah. How's that working? Well, you know, she's taking a few of my tips. I wish she would listen to a little bit more of my guidance, but she's still in it. It's 6-5 right now in the third. She's facing uh, Harmony Tan, who I think is 24, and she's 40. And I guess for me, Amber, I think Serena Williams is the most dominant athlete of our lifetimes. I think she belongs on every greatest of all time list, every greatest of all time conversation that we have on shows like this. I'm just not ready to see it end. Like, I just don't want to see Serena age, even though I know that's inevitable. I just don't like watching a moment where the things you know she could do five years ago, certainly 10 years ago, she can't do the same way. See, you and I feel a little bit differently about this, where I guess the athletes that are my age, and Myron and I are both the same age. We're both 39, so we're right there, neck and neck, just behind Serena. And so the athletes around our age, like, they make me feel more human, almost better about myself, right? Like, LeBron is still so unbelievably amazing at 38 years old. However, every once in a while, he misses some games. That's not something that happened back in 2008 with LeBron James, but he's just one of us, Myron. You know, you threw out your back taking the cover off your barbecue grill. LeBron, every once in a while, his hammy's a little sore. He can't play professional basketball for a couple days. You know, you're white. Like you and LeBron... You're just one in the same. They're just like, I don't know if you've ever read trashy magazines, but there was always this section in like these teen magazines and trashy magazines that you can buy the gossip magazines. There's always this section and it says stars. They're just like us. And it'll be pictures of celebrities like going to get coffee or something, you know, and they're like in their sweats. And of course, the paparazzi's catching them at their most unbecoming moments. And then they're publishing the photos in a magazine. Well, that's kind of how I feel here. Every once in a while, when the 40-year-old athlete has a misstep, I'm like, hey, you know what? They're just like us, just like me and you, Myron. They they are. I I don't know that you had to repeat that I threw my back out taking the barbecue (laughs) grill off. Like, I I thought that was like kind of a one-time thing, but no, it did happen. Uh, I'm sure that's never happened to LeBron or or Tom Brady or anyone like that. But yeah, they're, they're, they're like us. We can relate more. I think it makes, too, like makes it more sentimental for me to see Serena because even though Tom Brady let's say says I'm done comes back 
you know it's going to end at some point. You know LeBron's going to have is to it? retire at some point. Well, exactly, right? Maybe is it Brady Tom might Brady? be 50. Is it? Right? But I you, am stocked up on that TB12 protein powder and <laughs> TB12 electrolytes. Believe that, Myron Metcalf. Whatever that man is doing, I'm signing up for. I want some of that. Uh, the fountain of youth that he has found. But allegedly, you're right. Allegedly, one day, it'll yeah. end with even Tom Brady. Allegedly. It's one of these days, right? LeBron James. So I think uh, Serena's in that category for me where you just expected her to be dominant forever, right? And to see these athletes age, yes, we appreciate that they're human, but it also makes you go, man, did we appreciate them the way that we should have when they were playing at these levels? Like, I think Serena's at the top of the list, honestly, of the most underappreciated athletes of our generation. Well, and in part because she's a female athlete, right? So all there's certainly of right. I mean, there's certainly that the component of this conversation. Maybe also the sport she plays. You know, not not the most, not the top sport, right? Yep. It is a bit more of a niche sport, I suppose. Although I do think women's tennis, it's rare with tennis because women's tennis players, I think, tend to be even more recognizable and famous in this country than men's tennis players in this country are. But Serena Williams, absolutely one of the most dominant athletes of all time, but certainly one of the very most dominant athletes, if not the most dominant athlete of our generation. It's just weird when you cover sports generally. One of the things that you never Never consider kids when you go into this career, okay? Because you dream of this. I don't know when you started dreaming of this career, Myron, but I started dreaming of covering sports when I was 12 years old, right? Yeah. And what I never considered is that I'm going to keep getting older and the <laughs> athletes, they're going to stay in this very specific age range. And one day... I'm going to be older than most of them and I'm going to be looking at them like they're kids. And that's a really weird experience because it's one of the only professions where 40 is old. Yes. <laughs> you know, like where we're talking about Serena, like she's out like a grandma out yeah. there and like no other prof- like 40s. Not, you know, if, if Serena's anything, she's a doctor or anything else, whatever. 40. We're like, oh, Serena, she's a young, young professional <laughs> still. You know, she's at the young professionals conventions and yeah. in tennis. We're like, oh, forget about it. You know, Harmony's 24. You know, she's the yeah, was Serena supposed to compete with that. And it's the weirdest thing about sports <laughs> is that the athletes at, at somehow keep getting older, even though you and I, we yeah. stay the same age. Myron. How about that? I, I, NBA draft like they're now I'm now covering the sons of of like the players that I once covered or like, you know, it's just weird. It's just it's, showing it's, your age. It, it makes you feel this business makes you feel old real fast, far faster than many businesses. But maybe Serena can still make a comeback here again. I actually am not buying into this being the decline of Serena as much as not. like she's trying to come back from such a major injury and in a year off from tennis. So we will keep you updated on what happens here at Wimbledon coming up next. How does a potential season long? suspension for Deshaun Watson impact Cleveland's plans at quarterback. That's next. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 
Amber Wilson and Myron Metcalf filling in for the guys on Canty and Carlin and ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet to us at Amber W Sports at Metcalf by ESPN. The Cleveland Browns may soon have clarity, Myron, on what happens with Deshaun Watson, his status for the 2022 upcoming season, because right now his disciplinary hearing is ongoing in front of Sue Robinson, the former federal judge who is acting as an independent arbitrator today between the NFL, the NFLPA, and Deshaun Watson's legal team. So for how that impacts the Browns and everything else NFL, we bring in our friend Field Yates, ESPN NFL insider. And Field, how prepared are the Browns to genuinely move forward with Jacoby Brissett if it's you know an entire season suspension for Deshaun Watson? Yeah, I think, first of all, thanks for having me on, guys. And I would say that I don't think the Browns envisioned a full-season suspension for Deshaun Watson when they traded for him this past March. I think that at the time, I don't think anybody thought he would get off without punishment, and we'll see whether he does or not. But at the time, I think there was some level of belief that perhaps this could be a suspension akin to what Ezekiel Elliott served for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy, same with Ben Roethlisberger, somewhere more in the four- to six-game range. Now, as we all know, the NFL is pushing for a suspension that's much longer than that, perhaps a full-year suspension or even indefinitely. So I think the Browns are probably as prepared as you can be in this circumstances to go ahead forward with Jacoby Brissett. But the bottom line is this. Not, it's, not a, it's not a wasted season if the Browns uh, have to start Jacoby Brissett for the entire year, but there's just no two ways about it. In loaded AFC, the Browns and Jacoby Brissett for 17 games don't strike me as a playoff team. Field, I also wonder if he's out for you. If Deshaun Watson misses an entire year, that's almost three years away from football. What are the chances that he returns and maybe he's not the same elite quarterback that everybody believes he is now? I'd be surprised, Myron, if he doesn't come back and is not close to the on football, excuse me, the on field football player that we have seen Deshaun Watson be in previous years. Uh, but it's a fair question. I, I don't know if there's a perfect, there really isn't an analog uh, that you can make. There is no apple to apples comparisons for, for many reasons. But um, I will say that, you know, three years or close to it off the football field generally doesn't make you any better as a player. Uh, the Browns have a strong internal belief. And I, I would tend to decide with them in this regard that, you know, if Sean Watson is back and on the field, they have a legitimate chance, given their roster construction, to be right in the mix for the AFC and perhaps, you know, go to a Super Bowl, which, as we know, has been a fleeting goal for them for, for a long, long time now. Field Yates, ESPN NFL insider, joining us here on Canteen. Carlin Amber Wilson and Myron Metcalf filling in for the guys. So, Field, we're talking about Jacoby Brissett being the starter if Deshaun Watson is suspended. The name that we aren't mentioning there is Baker Mayfield, but he's very much still on that roster. He said today that the Browns and him have mutually agreed, essentially, to part ways. It doesn't feel like Baker is staying in Cleveland, but what the heck is happening with Baker Mayfield? Why is there no market for him right now? Yeah, so first of all, I wanted to be very clear to people that the Browns and Bakers' mutual disinterest is not a football-driven decision, right? I think it's pretty clear that if Deshaun Watson is unavailable for one game or 17 games, at his best, Baker Mayfield is far superior of a player to Jacoby Brissett. This is a, per- this is a people's issue. This is two sides 
that have gone through a public, well, not quite divorce, but a separation that's going to eventually lead to a divorce. As far as why Baker hasn't had a market, it's the perfect storm, right? I mean, if this were last offseason, after Baker was coming off of a very strong year and the Browns had just won one playoff game against the Steelers on the road without so many of their key pieces and given the Chiefs all they can handle at Arrowhead, it's a different story. But Baker Mayfield played through injury last year, did not play well. The Browns did not meet expectations. And if you look at Baker's first four years in the league, how many of them are undoubted, unquestioned successes? I think the answer is definitely last year, the 2020 season. I'd make the argument for his rookie year, but then you have other years where it's been far too up and down for Baker. And if you just canvass the NFL, because of the fact that we had a large rookie class last year, because of the fact that we have had of quarterbacks and because of the fact that we've had some notable trades in recent years at quarterbacks, the carousel has spun, but the number of teams that have been in the market for a quarterback has dwindled a little bit. It's been a little, more, a little bit more refined this offseason. So teams like Carolina and Seattle are still out there. I think we all know they're kind of obvious candidates to potentially upgrade their quarterback spot. But everybody else, barring an injury in training camp, likes their plan is either financially or draft capital invested in that quarterback that they have as their current starter. Field Baker isn't the only quarterback in limbo. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, is still a guy where we don't know where he ends up. What's the latest on him and uh, where do you think his status will be uh, for the upcoming season? Yeah, Meyer, it's funny on both of these guys. And I probably should have said this when I was discussing Baker Mayfield is that We've been talking about them since March. That's three, three and a half months since free agency began. And trying to figure out what their fate would be. Meanwhile, like not a whole lot has changed with them or the league and the circumstances that would drive a market for them. If, if you look at the first round of the draft, only one team took a quarterback, that being the Steelers, and they had already signed Mitch Trubisky. So it's not like a bunch of teams plugged a quarterback hole in the draft. And yet, We've been looking for an update and an update and an update on both Jimmy G and Baker, and there isn't one. Now, Jimmy G has not been able to throw since having surgery on his shoulder all the way back uh, right around the combine, but he's expected to be ready for training camp. You know, obviously the problem is that if you're trying to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, it's complicated by his salary cap number slash base salary for this upcoming year, a little over $24 million. The fact that he is not throwing right now, and you'd be taking some sort of medical risk by – banking on this quarterback to necessarily be at 100% for the entirety of the season. And then beyond that is, like, how good of a quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo? I tend to believe that his his range, and I, I'm, you know, I, I think there are a select few group of quarterbacks or a select few quarterbacks in the group that are the very best, right? The Mahomes, the Allens, the Herberts, the Bradys, the Rodgers, et cetera, that are at the very top, and they're indisputably, let's call it, you know, the top eight or so quarterbacks. <laughs> I think there's this large middle class of quarterbacks that in a given week can be really good. I mean, I'm talking about a guy that looks like an, uh, you know, an, a, a franchise quarterback. And then in another week can look conundrum. Myron, you, of course, call Minnesota home, and that's a good example, right? Kirk Cousins at his best was fantastic for a big chunk of the first half of last year. At his worst, can be puzzling and make some decisions that make you question just how sustainable his, his productivity is. Jimmy G is part of that big sort of middle class of quarterback. At his best, helps win a lot of games. At his worst, you're sitting there thinking, does he limit our offense? Is there more upside? San Francisco sure thinks so, as they made a trade last year that netted them Trey Lance. 
Yeah, and yet, of course, we're waiting to see how Trey Lance is going to look as well as a consistent starter. Field Yates, ESPN NFL Insider, thanks so much for joining us, Field. All righty, thanks so much for having me on. I'll talk to you guys soon. So lots of questions at the quarterback position across the NFL. Those are probably not going away anytime soon. There's lots of big questions as well still remaining in the NBA offseason. Russell Westbrook opted into the final year of his contract with the Los Angeles Lakers. But what does this mean for the Lakers moving forward? We'll unpack that next. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Amber Wilson and Myron Metcalf filling in for the guys on Canty and Carlin. We have a conclusion, Myron, to what has happened here in the first round of Wimbledon to Serena Williams. And you are not so happy. You're very sad. Yeah. Because Serena has lost, right? It's it's like, I don't know how to process it. It's it's one thing if Serena loses in the semifinals or the final, even the quarterfinals. I know she's coming back from injury. But in the first round, Amber... I mean, yeah, but she is. She's coming back from injury, that's man, fair. like major injury. And yes, she's 40. And so we are concerned. She's about to be 41. She was playing a 24 year old well, in Harmony Tan here. So we're concerned that like, yes, this could signify the tail end of Serena's career. But I think that's the question. I don't know if it is like, are we on? I would imagine we're on the back end, but are we on the end of Karina, Serena's career here? Are we on the demise or is this just clawing her way back from injury and there's going to be some growing pains. Myron, this was two hours and 49 minutes uh, and counting actually. So that tweet was sent 20 minutes I think before the match even ended. It was Serena. At that point, it was Serena's longest match since her 2012 French Open first round. Probably not exactly what she had in mind after coming back from injury and not playing tennis competitively in singles for 364 days. Is that how long it had been since she had played at this level, Myron? Which makes sense, right? I mean, the rust is real. She's playing these young athletes, to your point, Harmony Tan's 24. So all, all of that makes sense. And, and, you know, in terms of whether or not it's the end, you never know what the great ones, right? The Tom Brady's still going. LeBron keeps going. Uh, but to me, I always wonder, okay, is this the end? Not because she can't compete, because I think Serena – is always going to be able to stay competitive, probably for a few more years. But we've been talking about this off air, uh, Amber. Does she want to do it? I mean, she's not just a tennis player. She's not an athlete anymore, and she hasn't been just that for 10, 15 years. She's got a lot of other things going on. I wonder if she thinks about that as she makes her decisions here in the future. How could you not? How could you not think about the the PJs and the mega yachts and the the real estate portfolio that she keeps continuing to build? Like, you've got so many houses, Serena. How do you have time? (laughs) You know, I don't even blame you. Like, how do you have time at this point? How do you even still 
want to be out there competitively yeah. playing. But I am very impressed that she still has the fire. She walked off the court after over three hours of play. The 23-time Grand Slam champion walked off the court with a smile on her face. So she was, you know, she was happy in the moment. She was happy that she was out there competing. And obviously, big ups to Harmony Tan. Uh, a huge win for Harmony Tan. But it will be interesting to see what happens with Serena Williams moving forward. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Russell Westbrook has opted into his contract. It's an ugly one, but it's the last year of an expiring deal. What's that mean for the Los Angeles Lakers? This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson and Myron Metcalf. So the Lakers last season were not good, Myron, and they failed to make the postseason. I don't think that's Westbrook's fault. We did a lot of piling on of Russell Westbrook and sometimes very warranted. Down the stretch there, though, he did actually show up for his team. He did what he could to try to contribute to get them to the postseason. It didn't work. Now his 14-year career Career, of course, has resulted in a $47 million player option. He obviously opted into that. We knew it was going to happen. And so it's ugly financially for the Los Angeles Lakers. There's not much they could do outside of maybe considering trading Anthony Davis at this point. They're still apparently shopping around the Westbrook contract, but nobody wants to take it, Myron. And you mentioned it earlier. Part of that is Westbrook's game, not just like the aging thing. I mean, he's still in his early 30s, but also just where his game fits in today's NBA. Yeah, he's a career 30% three-point shooter, which, you know, in a world where you see a Steph Curry and the way that he plays and the way that you see a, a team like even Milwaukee where Giannis is obviously in the paint, but he has a bunch of shooters around him. Um, there's just not the same demand that there was even five, six years ago for a guy like that. I, I, I don't think the the criticism is always fair. Like, Russell Westbrook's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the greatest players we've ever seen. But I do think it's fair to say, okay, I don't know that he fits in terms of today's sort of championship-level teams. I don't know that he's that piece because of the way that he plays. But it's also hard to judge the Lakers when you haven't seen those guys play together that often. So will we get a chance to see LeBron and AD and Russell together, Amber? Because that, to me, will be the only way to have a fair assessment of this team. We're not going to see it, at least consistently, because it's just where we're at. And and with Anthony Davis, are there things he can do? I mean, this issue of availability has plagued him, Myron, his entire career. We always talk about how, yeah. like, KD should have known and the Brooklyn Nets should have known. Frankly, the Los Angeles Lakers should have <laughs> known with AD as well. They did get a championship out of it, yeah. so they are the big winners. Fine, but they should have known that this availability and durability issue was going to be a problem with Anthony Davis. But there's also a lot of rumors out there that suggest one of the reasons Anthony Davis has a problem with durability is that he doesn't take care of himself in the offseason. Mm. So 
So Lakers fans can't be happy about the news that he what, he hadn't dribbled a basketball it's since April. April. Why would he say that, Amber? Why would he it, tell anyone it's that? It's just not a good look for a guy. And apparently a lot of NBA players take some time off. Fine. It's not a good look for that guy where you need <laughs> no, him to not. be doing. You want to believe he's doing everything he can to put himself in the best position to be available to his team. It just doesn't feel like you could rely on that with Anthony Davis. But then even if you could, Byron, LeBron James is 38 years old. Like we were just talking about Serena Williams, who just lost at the first round of Wimbledon and where she's at at 40 years old in her career. LeBron James is 38 years old. He missed 26 games this year due to injuries. That dude was Teflon in 2010, right? Like that dude early in his, I mean, LeBron never ever used to miss games until the last few years of his career here, except for that's normal because by the way, he's in his late thirties and not everybody's Tom Brady and LeBron James is sort of on a more normal trajectory, even though he very much takes care of himself and he spends a million dollars a year on his body. And so I just think it's unrealistic when you're talking about those two guys on the roster to expect that they're going to be out there with Russell Westbrook. And one of the points of bringing in Westbrook was you were hoping it would ease some of that, that he'd be able to kind of make up for some of that production when James wasn't there, and it's just obvious that that's not the case. No. I mean, although he can still be sort of a volume scorer and a shooter, he's not going to make the game easier for Anthony Davis and LeBron James, right? He's not going to spread the floor. He's a guy who has to be the leader. He has to be that aggressive star. Like, that's what Russell Westbrook is, and that's fine. But it's not fine, I think, we are playing next to LeBron and AD. And to your point, the injuries, the age issue with LeBron, like what's this all going to look like this season? By the way, there are these young up-and-coming teams that you got to think about now in the West. Memphis is real. Like John Moran and the Grizzlies are here, and they're only going to get better. A Clippers team that might finally be healthy. We saw what the Warriors did now that they're healthy. Like, Phoenix was the number one seed. They just couldn't get past who? Luka, whose team just got better at than Christian Wood. So I think the Lakers' competition is going to be a factor as well. It's not just all the injuries and all the uncertainty. To get through the Western Conference this season, Amber, you're going to have to be very, very good no matter who you are. And I think the Lakers got a lot of question marks going forward. Yeah, and the Clippers just added John Wall. So a lot of competition out there in the West, even in their own city with Los Angeles. Westbrook ended up averaging 18.5 points, seven, almost 7.5 boards, uh, just over 7 assists per game this past season. I mean, that's not totally unreasonable, those numbers, considering also he's playing alongside LeBron James. But you saw the stretches like he had in January and February. You saw the Lakers go, what, 8-18, and 18, I think, uh, mm-hmm. when James wasn't available. Like, Westbrook could not keep them afloat, even with the volume scoring that you mentioned. And it just seems like there's roster construction issues here with the Lakers. And like you mentioned, everybody else in the West is doing what they can to improve. And And the Lakers are in a predicament in large part because of this $47 million player option for Westbrook, where what the heck can they do to improve? And that's really the key here. Like they're trying to shop around that Westbrook contract to free up some space, but nobody's trying to take it. Not right now. Not if you're not also mortgaging your future by attaching a first rounder in 2027 or 29 or whatever it is for the Lakers, their next one. And they've seemed totally unwilling to do that thus far. 
Yeah, I mean, Westbrook right now is like a new Bentley with no engine, right? Like, looks good, uh, but you have to do a lot of work to get him to, to be able to be a, a component of your team that can help you win. Like, it's not even just the $47 million, It's combined with the way that he competes and the fact that I think Westbrook has to be the star of a team. I don't think he's ever going to be a guy who's like, fine, I'm number three next to LeBron and AD. I also think that contract, to your point, is going to be incredibly difficult to move. So if you, Amber, have LeBron, AD, and Russell Westbrook, how far can you go? And then the question becomes, let's say it doesn't work out because I don't think it will. Do we got to start talking about Anthony Davis's future as well, especially with the injury history? Especially I'd already be talking him, about it if I was right? Lakers, to be honest with you. I'd already be talking about it. I mean, you, you, did a you don't know what to expect, right? You don't and know I, don't, I don't know what to expect, and it's been his entire career. Yes. And the fact that there are these rumors out there that maybe he brings a little of it on himself with his lack of conditioning and his lack of dedication in the offseason, yeah. I mean... If I was a Lakers, I'd be looking at it seriously. Hey, I've got LeBron James, the greatest player of his generation. I've got Anthony Davis right now. I already got a championship out of that duo. How do I get another championship out of LeBron? Because we are at the tail end of LeBron's career, right? Like, we are in the back end here. Like, at some point, it's not going to look... The way that it's looked. Yeah. And it's certainly not looking like it for all 82. So you've got to have the right help around him. And the guy who you cannot trust from a durability perspective feels like not the right help. It worked in the bubble in 2020. I get it. I just can imagine what you could get in return for it as well. Yeah, it's Is it crazy? Is it crazy? Yeah. It's not. I think you put him on the trading block if he doesn't. If he's not available. I think you shop all your options. Maybe the only 100%. option you don't shop is LeBron unless LeBron wants to be shopped. And then if I'm the Lakers, maybe I'm even having that conversation mm-hmm. as well. There are other teams around the NBA other than just the Los Angeles Lakers who are very disappointing this past season. The Los Angeles Clippers, the Brooklyn Nets. Who's been the bigger disappointment? We unpack that next. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. 